0: Tina's going to share why we're taking up the offering. And so would you guys just welcome Miss Tina Lins. Mm-hmm. We love you, Tina. Love you. Hi, guys. Um, for those of you that don't know, my name's Tina Lins. And um, <coughs> hello. <laughs> I have been um, sharing and teaching back in Camp Grizzly now for 10 years. Wow. I was adding it up the other day, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I've been in church for 10 years. It's awesome. So, hey, you be quiet. <laughs> Did I just give my age away? Anyway, right now, currently, what the Lord has got on our heart, what um, I don't do this alone. I have an awesome person that assists me in teaching, Ms. Angela Farmer. Yay, Angela. Thank you for serving. And uh, one of the things that's on Angela's heart right now is just um, teaching the children how to get in the presence of God through worship, what worship looks like, what worship does not look like, <laughs> and and then also you know while you're worshiping, really seeking the Lord and hearing His voice, and then we have some time afterwards for them to come and and share what the Lord's speaking to them, and so that's always really neat. But um, a couple of the things that the Lord's put on my heart as far as teaching. If you've heard of the Creation Museum, that is kind of one of the big things. If your children are in elementary school, they are getting um, pushed with evolution, and we want—we know that, that we came from God, right? He created us. We didn't come from apes, <laughs> and so you know, we really want to get. I, our heart is to get that foundation in our children. Before they get older, and then all this confusion comes. I mean, you know, you got your school teacher teaching you something that can be confusing because you want to trust your school teacher. But we want to get that foundation in them and teach them that you know God is where we came from. So that is what we're really pushing on right now, and just just pouring that in your kids. So <clears throat> as when Miss Karen gave me a call and she said, "Hey, I want you to share what you're what you guys are teaching the kids right now," the Lord just really started stirring in my heart. About you know I have been serving for ten years now, and he just a testimony in um over how over the last ten years kind of some things that has um, transpired, and so I want to share that with you because the enemy will come and he will try to, to lie to us, okay, and to try to tell us that we're not good enough or you know just several different lies that he comes up with, and then also you know as I'm as I'm speaking, just I want to cast some vision for, to you guys. So like I said, ten years ago. I had been coming to church for about a year. And, you know, I was a baby Christian because I had never been to church before. I got saved in this church. And so, like, like I said, I, I didn't know the Bible. I knew maybe one Bible story, okay? <laughs> but I've been going for a year. And Karen approaches me, and she's like, Tina, and I have children back there, you guys. So she's like, Tina, um, how would you like to come and teach the fireflies, which is ages third and fourth? 3rd and 4th graders, or not 3rd and 4th graders, but ages um, 3 and 4, thank you. And I was like, I looked at her, and I was like, you know, I probably looked like a deer in the headlights look. And I was like, okay, let me think about it, you know. And so I go home, and and here comes all the things from the enemy was, you know, first of all, you don't have any business trying to teach any kids anything. You barely know God. You've been coming a year, you know, And I'm not kidding you guys, those kids like intimidated me, like, oh my gosh, what if they ask me a question about God and I don't know the answer, (laughs) you know, and I was just so intimidated, but I was like, okay, so I I shared a little bit with Karen, and and she assured me, Tina, you don't have to come with a big lesson, I'm going to have it all ready for you, all you got to do is follow the paper, and I was like, okay, I can do this, I can do this, so, you know, my, my journey began, I, I didn't let the enemy talk me out of it. I said, you know, I could have been afraid and I could have just been like, no, Karen, I can't do it. But no, I wanted to, I wanted to push into what, you know, Karen was asking me to do and, and start serving back there. So as my journey began and started pushing, you know, th- years into it, I, I got asked to be moved up to um, the next age up, which is Camp Grizzly. And that's a little bit different animal, okay? Of children, <laughs> and so um, <laughs> well, they get you know they get a little older and they get a little bit more you know strong willed, and so sometimes you feel like you're just uh, basically babysitting back there, but you know that's not right thinking either. So anyway, and as this journey progressed, and I started getting a little bit freer in the Lord, you know I was pushing into God, wanted to know the Lord more, and I started to become freer. Well, at the same time, (coughs) the Lord had put on my heart to start a women's Bible study, and and I was going to do this out of my house, and so I was so excited and so pumped up about it because, you know, that was bringing me life. I felt good. I couldn't wait to get with these women and, and pray with them, and so all my concentration and all my focus was over here. So then I started having these thoughts. I was like, hmm, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I'm really called to children's ministry because I want to really concentrate all my focus over here. And man, I have to get up early and be there early. And, <laughs> and, and um, let's see what else were some of the things. Let's see. Um, just uh, let's see, getting up early, yeah, that's rough. And coming and, and preparing a message for the kids, you know, that's rough. And I really wasn't like, it wasn't bringing me life. You know what I mean? Like going back there with the kids, it's like, oh, this is the attitude that I had towards it, OK? And I wanted to focus all my energy over here. So I took my thoughts, and, and thank God I had a mentor in my life. Thank you for my mentor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Christy Davis. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I was sharing with her my thoughts, and she's like, Tina, a lot of stuff you're telling me, she's like, I hear you, but a lot of it is your emotions talking, and um, you really need to hear from God before you quit. And I was just like, oh, she goes, you know, if you listen to your emotions – you're going to miss it. You need to hear from God. And so I was like, okay. So and this and the whole time, you know, I'm still thinking, oh, this is hard. I, I just want to focus over here, Lord. So then I got to have a wonderful counseling meeting with my good pastor, Tom Preble. <laughs> he doesn't know this either, by the way. So this is the first time he's hearing this. So, you know, you sit across from Tom in a counseling session, and you just don't even realize he's talking, and like all these little lights just start going off in your head. You're like, wow, I didn't see things like that before so anyway, he's talking, and we weren't even talking about children's ministry. He just starts talking about the church and, and the call of God that's on this church. And he said, you know, this church, you know, there's some churches that are called to bring people to salvation. He goes, but New Covenant, they have to have a call on them to raise up the next generation because we're kingdom builders here. And, we're, and God's put a call on, our few, on the kids of this church, you know, to raise these kids up to be kingdom builders carriers right so you know he's like if you're called to this church then you're called to this vision that's on the church and I was just like whoa okay Lord (laughs) I was like wait I was thinking I wasn't called but God's like no if you're called to this body you're called to do this and I was like oh so still my flesh was still I'm not gonna lie my flesh was still screaming you know I I don't want to do that so I was like, Lord, just bring it home for me a little bit more. Give me something else just to, just to you know, you guys do it too. Don't, don't laugh. Right. <laughs> and so then, then I am like, all right, Lord. So he brings this scripture. I come across this scripture. And if you guys ever just, you're just shifting through stuff and a scripture just like jumps out at you. You know what I'm talking about. Elizabeth, will you go ahead and put that up there for me? It was Galatians 5.13. Whoop, wrong one. I need the scripture. That's okay. There, yeah, there's there's some advertisement. Can you get it? Five thirteen. It's in the amplified. <laughs> Technical difficulty. I could quote it for you, but I wanna, I want you guys to see it with your eyeballs. Is it so good? Help our Lord. 513. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay. So, this is what this is the scripture that jumped out to me. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. And like I said, this was the time, man, the Lord was really stirring up freedom in me. Only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or an excuse for selfishness but through love you should serve one another so i was like i mean seriously when i read that it was like bam okay i don't want to get up early selfish okay i'm not called to that over there selfish okay that doesn't bring me life selfish okay so i in this journey the lord's like tina Stop being selfish. <laughs> I've not called you to be selfish. I've called you to serve. serve one another, okay And so I started this journey then of selflessness, okay, instead of being selfish. And let me tell you, I was tested, okay because I would get phone calls all the time from the teachers saying, "Hey, can you take my, my Sunday morning? I got something going on. So of course, I want to be in here with you guys. I want to be in here worshiping and you know and stuff, but nope, the answer is yes because. God said, don't be selfish. Be selfless. So every time someone called, I knew it was a test. You know, yes, Lord, I'll do it. So then a little bit more time passed by, and I was back there, and, I, and my heart changed towards, the towards you know, serving back there because I knew now I'm, I am serving what God's, the call that God's put on this church, and it, it changed my heart. It changed the way I looked at the kids and how, you know, what I'm doing. I'm building the next generation for God, okay? Yes, and so... Then, I, you know, a little bit more time went by, and <clears throat> I know just like you guys, because this church has a powerhouse of people in it, okay? You guys are called to serve the Lord. There's pastors, there's preachers, there's evangelists, there's teachers in this body. God sends these people that have all these giftings here. It's crazy how many people that have all these giftings are sent here, but he does. And so you'll, you'll relate to me when I say God started to stir up in me the gifting of teaching and just preaching. And I would be sitting out there, and, you know, somebody would be up here preaching, and I just have this teach that same lesson they're teaching bubbling up in the inside of me. And I'm like, I, and I can see how I could change it, and, and oh, I want to share that with this or share that with that. So you guys, you guys relate to what I'm saying. It's just like, man, I've got this burning message on the inside of me, okay? So what I would do, though, in my immaturity— <laughs> This is what I would do. I would go, Lord, if Eric and Tom would just give me the pulpit, I have got a message burning inside of me. Just give me the pulpit, Lord, because I got a message, okay? And so, you know, I was like, Lord, I'm not hearing him, you know, he's not saying nothing about that. So finally, he, he, he gets into me, and he's like, Tina, why don't you teach that message to the kids? <laughs> and I was like, but my message is more advanced, Lord. And he's like, well, just tone it down a little bit. And and because that's who you're trying to reach, this is who we're raising up for the next generation. I was like, oh, God. And then he reminded me of, I don't know if you guys know who Jerry Savell is, but he came up under Kenneth Copeland. Jerry Savell, at the age of seven, was sitting listening to the radio at his house as a little boy, and he heard Billy Graham on the preaching. And he says he tells his testimony that when he heard Billy Graham preach a message, that the call of the call of God and the call to preach rose up on the inside of him, at the age of seven. Okay, so how do we know that the very message that's burning on the inside of us, that if we went back there and shared, you know, with youth or shared with the flippers or Camp Grizzly, that I mean, the message that we're carrying could call forth the next generation to awaken the kingdom of God in these kids. How do we know? We don't know that, you know, until we do it, right? So I just want to encourage you guys to, you know, as I'm sharing, if the the Lord is stirring up in you, you know, things, this is what we're called to. This is what this body is called to. And it's not the only way you can serve. There's other ways. But, you know, here I am 10 years later, and I am so blessed and so thankful that I said yes to Karen so many years ago because I have grown so much from being back there the, when those little kids say you know this is what God spoke to me I mean it just touches my heart I grow so much from it Elizabeth go ahead and flash up that top, that first one for me so if, if the Holy Spirit's been stirring in your heart at all I've been sharing to want to wanna serve here's just some different places that you can serve um, I know I have forgotten some of our teams, so forgive me if I forgot your team but there's several places and some of you guys don't really realize that we have these things that we offer children's ministry is birth to fourth grade flip youth next one please <coughs> go ahead elizabeth we also have a welcome center team a funeral dinner team a hospital team and meals for the sick team we have all these teams you guys that you could be a part of i actually serve on three of these teams which sounds crazy but like the funeral dinner team, I think I served twice last year on that team. So you can sign up for teams, and it doesn't mean you're like signing your life away and you're completely committed to the rest of your life doing something. Even in, um, do what? Oh, yes, flippers, you can go on back. Go on back. Um, Even in Camp Camp Grizzly when I serve, I'm only back there like eight times in the whole year. So like when you think about serving, don't think about it as, you know, every Sunday. Because we have it set up where you're only back there every little bit. So, okay. Thank you guys for listening to me. Appreciate ya. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Tina. Thank you very, very much. Um, I love Tina. Amen. I love she she works like Martha and she loves like Mary. You know, it doesn't have to be either or. I know poor Martha gets a bad rap sometimes. But seriously, y'all need to be a little more Martha. I'm just saying. We need a little more Martha in this place. Because it's hard work raising up a generation. And if it wasn't for people like Tina, we'd be lost. We'd be disobeying the Lord. So I I hope that as she casts some really great vision for what we're doing here, that you will say yes. You need to say yes. That's right. So our children will raise up and bless the Lord, prophesy, heal the sick. That stuff doesn't happen on its own something we got to do and build. Before I kind of get started this morning, um I was just thinking while I was on the drums this morning and just thought hit me and I maybe it'll you'll go, "Oh yeah. That is weird." But I I find it I find it odd or weird that so many times when the, the spirit of God's moving and, and he starts to speak words of knowledge and, and words of wisdom and, and whatever, so many times it's centered on what's wrong. We're, we're, we're always sensing and discerning the problems that are in the room. And I believe, I know there's problems in the room. <laughs> I mean, you really don't have to be prophetic to know that. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, I think sometimes we're, 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 our ears are turned that way. Like, we're kind of like, what's, what do you want to do, God? Who do you want to change? Who do you want to fix? Who do you want to help? Who do you want to save? Who do you want to, you know? And, and, and I think that's awesome. And, and that is part of the move of God. I mean, that is the voice of the Lord. He's, he's here to heal the sick, raise the dead, make people who can't walk, walk. Amen? I mean, that's, that's what he does. But I feel like that, you know, there's a word of the Lord that, a word of knowledge that's like, hey, here's what's, this is what good is happening. Amen. And so I just, I just asked the Lord, I said, well, show me then. Good. And I felt like the Lord said that, that there's someone in here now, that today you, hope has been restored in your heart. I just felt him say, there, there's someone here who, who has been hopeless. But because of God's presence, hope has has been restored to you. If that's you, I just want you to stand up right now. Someone. Okay, someones. All right, I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, God. I thank you for being a God of hope. And in the name of Jesus, those who are standing, God, I pray for an overwhelming vision for their life this year. I pray right now, God, for an overwhelming vision for their life, their work, their marriage. I bless them right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, to press into you like they've never pressed in before. And I bless them, Father, to love you like they've never loved you before. Because you've poured out your goodness on them today. And you restored hope. My hope is in you, God. Even when my enemies come and life comes at me and it tries to take me out, my hope is in you, God. And so I bless these who are standing to be, to be pillars of hope. Andale Ariba. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I also felt like the Lord showed me, you can sit down if you want, and I felt like the Lord showed me that that there's someone here today that you're falling in love with truth again. I just feel like there's someone here that, that you've, you've been kind of living life on your own, maybe your own terms, your own, you know, pop culture is, has really formed your heart, but you, you're, you're just, you've come back, you're coming back to the truth. You're just loving the truth of the word again. It's coming alive. If that's you, just stand up. The truth of God's word. In the name of Jesus, I speak light and life to the lovers of truth, to those who the word of God has maybe been dead or dull, I say, come alive again in the name of Jesus. I bless you with revelation. I bless you with eyes to see and ears to hear that the word of God would be truly living in your life. Let it come. I bless you that the word of God would come and bring separation between soul and spirit. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for these who are standing, that, the, that they would build their life now on the rock. Wherever there's been sand, God, and it's not all rock and it's not all sand, but, but where those sandy places have been, I say, come now, God and be the rock in their life today in the name of Jesus everybody says amen well i've got officially 10 minutes but All you crazy people are like, I just preach for three till three in the afternoon. Yeah, all right. Listen, we got children's workers, okay? <laughs> they're not gonna do three hours with your children. Just saying. <laughs> we can do we can do shifts here if you want, you know. Cause cause they ain't gonna mo, they're not gonna go that long. So while you're in here just basking in the glory of Jesus. They're working real hard for your kids. <laughs> but I've I've been encouraged the last couple few weeks. I've been, I really have been hearing some some neat reports about how people have been strengthened to start the new year with a fresh passion to follow and. and Obey God, do you feel that? Do you feel that i i just I believe that god he's just restoring dreams he's 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 giving us vision hope i just I feel those things just stirring up in the hearts of people here. There's just a grace for New beginnings. I mean, the Bible tells us His mercy is new every day, but we don't always live like that. But I just, I I just appreciate, you know, it's, it's. There's this grace for new beginnings. You know, or second beginnings, or fifth beginnings, or twenty seventh beginnings, whatever number you're on. Wherever you got to restart, there's there's grace. I believe that's here to start over, to begin again. To put yesterday behind us and last year and the last two years or maybe the last five, I don't know. Whatever you got to put behind you. And I, I, I know that when I shared a few weeks about vision and having a vision for your life this year, I said, well, it's time to hit the reset button. You know, just reach down and on the old computer and just go, doink. It's time to hit the reset button. I mean, nothing just feels better, you know, when your computer's locked up and you're looking at the blue screen of death. <laughs> right? you just like, nothing just feels better than to just go, start over. Hit the reset, and then it just magically comes back right. Anybody love that besides me? And you know what? Here's the thing. Some of you have been staring at the blue screen of death for a year or more. (laughs) You're just like, you know, you're just paralyzed hitting the escape key. Come on, think about it escape 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 It's not working, is it? No, you have to hit the reset button. You got to repower this thing. You got to restart the whole system. And so after I shared that that idea about hitting the reset button, I felt like the Holy Spirit nudged me and and just say that I just kind of nudged me in saying that I didn't go far enough with explaining what it means to really hit the reset button. And and the reason I feel the need to to kind of help go into more detail about that, about what that really means, what a reset is really for, you know, in in our lives, is because what's going to happen is that we get inspired, you know? I would share about hope and new vision and new direction and goals. And we're like, yes, I feel, I see the light. I, I feel the grace. I feel the hope. Hit the reset. But as you're inspired to start over, the chances that it might not be successful are high. If I don't let you know how you really hit the reset button, the way the Bible Says you hit the reset button. So, today, what I want to just barely introduce is a message about how reset is spelled repent. Everyone, just say, reset means repent. Reset means repent. This is how the Bible hits the reset button. This is how you go to the chalkboard with an eraser and you get your name and all the checks that are by it. It's through repentance. Now, last week... Sometime I think it was last week, maybe Alger sent out an email, and I'm just going to ask him if he would to read that. It was, a, it was a really good, powerful word that he sent about how we need to be taking careful notice of how we live our lives. And then at the end of it, he just he shared a, a strong word about repentance. So Alger, if you would, grab the mic and come up here, please. Wait, and before he starts, come here, Alger. Some of you didn't get the memo, it's father-son dress-alike day. Take a picture. GQ, you're a stud, dude. I love the way you dress. Way to go, mama. My wife dresses me too, she's good. All right, have at it, brother.
2: Uh, this came forth on uh, January 1, 2014. I was up early and I was just meditating on some things. And so and this is what I have. For the carnality of this world is getting stronger and stronger. We are subject to it daily, not only with our eyes, but also in our thoughts or desires of our flesh. Even myself, I am finding that I am weak, and I get lazy in not keeping my guard up and not protecting my eyes and my flesh. As a person professing to be a Christian, do I push the boundaries to see what I can get away with? Do my actions, my words, and my thoughts offend the one who saved me? Am I hot or lukewarm? I would, I would have to say, look and say, lukewarm. In Revelation 13 or 3, 16 through 17, the Lord talks about being hot, hot or cold, and, and lukewarm. Because I feel like I, because I am lukewarm, he would vomit us out of his mouth. When one says that we can't let our children see something or listen to something, it is for adults only. Well, if it's not good for the children, is it good for us? We are afraid it will corrupt them. Well, we, we will, we are. No, are we not? Well, are we not being corrupted also? Are we not children of the Most High? God, who calls us his kings and priests. I think of the children in the Old Testament and how they allowed things in their lives or fleshly desires to, to, to take over them and gradually turn their affections to those things instead of keeping God as their focus. I am so thankful that we have an advocate sitting at the right hand of God, our Father, who makes intercession for us. It is only, only his grace and mercy that I am alive. One day I will be judged for what he has given me and what I did with it. One thing I desire this year is to realize he is always omnipresent. I would realize that my words that I speak would, would bring more, speak more life than death. He is always knowing and always listening. Repentance is going to be the big part of my life this year if I want to see the wonders and the miracles of God. Repenting from dead works and taking things for granted and not treasuring the things that he's given me and not to look and dwell in my past. The way I react and the way I make decisions are going to be huge in the year
1: 2014. Amen. Can we say amen? amen. If we're going to start this year fresh, if we're going to hit the reset button, we have to start over with repentance. You know, if you study revival, you'll find that there's a common precursor to a great move of God. Anybody guess what that is? It is repentance. God, by His grace and mercy, begins to pour out on His people a spirit of repentance. A spirit of crying out. Of going in a different direction. I don't know if you noticed when Joel was sharing about his testimony. That a key component to his miracle. Was what happened in his heart in the area of repentance. When God took him through that journey. And was exposing the things in his life that he needed Joel to clean up. Joel's right response was, oh God, forgive me. Some of you are stuck because you haven't cried out and said, oh God me. What is repentance? Maybe we don't know what it means. Repentance means a turning away from sin, from disobedience or rebellion, and turning back to God. Repentance means a change of mind or a feeling of remorse or regret for your past behaviors. You know, when the Bible speaks about true repentance, it speaks of of a person having something called godly sorrow for the sin that they've committed. See, godly sorrow is a special kind of sorrow. It's the kind of sorrow that says, when I when I'm faced with the rebellion or my disobedience or my sin, and my heart breaks, and I look to God and I realize I've sinned against you. That's godly sorrow. Now the Bible speaks about worldly sorrow too. Which is a sorry that says I got caught. I'm sorry you didn't like that. I'm sorry you got hurt by what I said. It's the sorry my son says to my other son when they pound each other into the floor. I'm sorry because my dad's standing here. And he says, say sorry. That's not repentance. Repentance is an act of turning around and going in the opposite direction of sin, the opposite direction of disobedience, the opposite direction of rebellion. And it's when we experience godly sorrow in repentance that something changes in our relationship with the Lord. Something breaks. We experience this fellowship like we hadn't before. So here's what I'm going to do next week. We're going to jump into it. we got four mini-sermons today. The Word of God has flown in this place. Amen? Okay? Did you hear the Word of the Lord today? Did you feel the move of God on your heart? Did you enjoy the person sitting next to you? Yeah? Hey, those are the important elements of coming together. Word of God and the Spirit of God, worship of God. Hugging the person next to you. We had church, okay? So let's just stand and pray, and we're going to go home, and you can get ready for your Super Bowl party. All right. Let's have a moment of silence for whatever favorite team you're going to be rooting for. Oh, God. We know he's not a cult anymore, but we love Peyton. (laughs) Team Peyton, whatever you are, Peyton, we say go with God. Let the chariots of fire come from heaven and carry that man and the ball down the field today. Oh, Holy Spirit, look upon the Broncos. For they are not wild stallions, but they are are horses running for you today, Jesus. Come on, feel it with me, church. Feel it. I feel the Lord coming. White horses coming from heaven to carry them to the end zone. And Lord, we pray for those souls at halftime. As they debauch themselves, watching their jiggling and their wiggling and their singing. Lord Alger said, If it's not for the children, it's not for us. I want nothing that Bruno Mars has to offer. Oh, Jesus. Lord, bless us today as we go. Let the food of McDonald's and Los Amigos and Applebee's and Bob Evans fill our stomachs. We bless thee, God, for fast food. You did it first with the 5,000. We're just falling in line, God. Fast food for everybody in Jesus' name. We bless you. We thank you, God. You're awesome to us. Keep us holy. Keep us faithful. Let truth and hope fill our hearts this week. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Have a great day.